Hey guys, welcome back to the Well Said Podcast. My name is Andre, and I'm back with my wife, Leah, to talk about what it means to follow Jesus in a post-Christian culture. And uh, it is a gloriously sunny day, and I feel it cool. in my mood, sunny, in my but brain cells. frosty, very frosty. Yeah, icy frost. Like, it smelled like snow out there this morning. Did it really? driving the kids to, to school. We had a funny incident yesterday because our car window... <laughs> It's like weirdly broken. Not bro- the window isn't broken, but like it won't the go back up. Yeah. Once it comes down, it won't go back up. And you said don't ever open the window. But in the rush of getting the kids to school and whatever, I opened it to try to like give myself visibility. And then of course it was not going back you up. You drove and it twenty-five was icy. miles in thirty-two degree weather. Twenty-five miles. A- oh yeah, not per hour, but like yeah, on the freeway with three little kids in the back. I blasted the heat, but that was freezing cold. So yeah. that gave me a taste of winter, you know. Here it is. Yeah. Blasting in my face. So you know it's here. The frosty air is here, and uh, it's wonderful. No, I'm just like, I don't know why, particularly this year, uh, really having a tough time with the dark, looming yeah. Bellingham clouds. And so this week has just been, like, amazing with the sun. Sunshine, I love yeah. It. I have been specifically enjoying our couch. I don't know. Like, I put a red Christmas blanket on it, and it's the specific material of blanket that's very, like, it doesn't get all crumpled up. Yeah. It's that fleece material, which I don't like on clothing or hats or anything, but on a blanket, it's so cozy, and it's, it's red. Like, it's, it's like, like a, a warm plaid hug. red. It's like a warm hug. And a I red just want to sit, sit on that couch and read. And I think also we have some really great books that we have. That's another reason why I'm like, well, the books are so great. We just keep, we've been reading way more this season that we than we have before. And I blame the couch. I mean, also the books, but the couch has been like calling my it's name. A key, it's a key observation to deter you from uh, maybe watching more TV and encourage you to read more is maybe create a cozy reading space and have good books yes. it's all about location it's all about space yeah you know yeah for sure the whole house is transformed just with a few like additions like i think that's so essential for the christmas season especially in 2020 just deck it out you yeah. know all the garland and candles and throw pillows and blankets and like that just adds, Never enough. <laughs> that adds a whole entire layer to the Christmas season. So, like, what are you doing if you're not doing that? Like, why? Why would you deprive yourself yeah. of joy yeah. on purpose? We should get more candles. We don't have quite enough. Yeah. We only have one. Yep, yep. What are we talking about today? We're talking about calling. What does that mean exactly? Calling. Like, discovering your discovering calling. Discovering your calling. In life. Yeah. I think that this is a subject that is oftentimes so overly mushified in our current Christian context. And um, people want to experience their life in a meaningful way, which means they want to have this assurance that what I'm doing is what God has called me to do. You know? Like, it's something that is not just a thing I do, but the the life I live is not a mere random choice, mm-hmm. but like like we we long for significance, mm-hmm. right? So I think that oftentimes this whole area though becomes very um, 
confusing and very subjective. Like, how do I know God's calling on my life? And why is my life so dreary and empty? And how do I discover God's calling? How do I experience God's kind of daily presence more clearly in the things I do? So I think that what what I would want to, like, first off, um, highlight here is that even though this subject is often um, misrepresented, it doesn't mean that it's an incorrect subject. It's a very important subject. Um, I think that at the same time as like over mushifying God's presence and experience in our lives, becoming all subjective and feeling oriented, that's one abuse of this subject. The other abuse of this subject is that as Christians, we basically accept a view of life that doesn't have God present in it. Mm-hmm. That we um, we kind of are okay with this spiritual segregation of our life. God time is Bible and prayer and maybe fellowship group time with the church, worship time with the church, right? But when we are living our everyday lives, we do not live with a daily expectation to experience God's presence and his guidance, mm-hmm. right? So we don't, we don't like, we just don't expect it. We don't uh, live looking for it mm-hmm. we don't search for it and we don't work towards it because we kind of just get into this like secular mode of life like oh life is life mm-hmm. challenges troubles whenever i have problems i ask god to help me and what that really means is god helping change my circumstances or god give me some techniques to improve my situation mm-hmm. but both of those options are impersonal it's like god come help fix it but the thing that's missing is that god come be with me here Mm -hmm. right so like we i think that we often because especially like maybe like in baptist churches where we are afraid of um the subjective oftentimes or like the mystical and so we we are very uh skeptical of words like god called me or god told me to do this or i i felt like god was really um you know convicting me and Mm -hmm. putting this on my heart you know like that Mm -hmm. kind of rhetoric we're all like oh no because um our uh, charismatic or pentecostal friends all often sound like that and as conservative you know more baptist people in in our in our like circles this is oftentimes like avoided right you know yeah but we avoid it to jump to the extreme of basically creating like our relationship with God into like a formula. Yeah. And when we're looking for answers, we're basically like, okay, well, what does the Bible say about it? And uh, figure out the answer and then apply it like a formula and then live it. Right. And just... profoundly missing in all this is God's personal guiding presence, right? Yeah, I think that in our Christian walk, often what I've seen or what I've even experienced is that we try, you know, what is our life supposed to, what are we supposed to do? What is God's will for our life? And so we try different things. We see needs and we feel them here and there or whatever. You know, people go on mission trips and they try, you know, music ministry, kids ministry in church. And, you know, they, they just kind of taste a bunch of different things and then they find what they most like or they just pull out of everything and say, no, that's too much for me. Like, there's just this decision making in the church but it seems that there's very little 
deeper thought put into calling like what is god's calling for my life right and i think maybe because we've come from a place of like you were saying you know like don't be too mystical it's not that it's not that complicated god's will is pretty clear in the bible basically you know do these things and then god will lead you but um it's a very important question because many people spend you know half their lives over half their lives not really sure and just kind of like all over the place and not really asking that big question of like right. what is what are my giftings what is my calling and so they're kind of like spread thin doing a bunch of things where they could be so much more effective doing what they're called to do because yeah because we don't ask the question yeah because we don't expect to have clear answers on right. the question right right so i think to start off you look at the bible um or you know i'm prepping for a advent season right now uh series for our church and it's going to be about um this concept of prepare him room like the arrival of of god's presence in jesus and when you think about god's presence in the bible the whole bible story from the very beginning is very personal Mm -hmm. it's about god personally dwelling with us in a deeply intimate relationship and that and his presence is the definitive decisive uh driver of our behavior Mm -hmm. our, our lives our decisions Mm-hmm. So it's everywhere, you know, and then you look at specific passages in the New Testament, like um, James chapter one, where James says, uh, verse five, you know, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. Like notice the clarity there that that's yeah. so explicit. Like, yeah. I, I think that most people I know in the church do not live that verse at all. And they don't even, they don't even think like yeah. when I lack wisdom, like, do I ask God? But when we ask God, we're like, it, it's usually like this general, like, um, Lord, help me make this decision. Yeah. But but it's not, the, the verse here says, God who gives generously and ungrudgingly, mm-hmm. and it will be given. So like, mm-hmm. there's a much deeper confidence there that God is going to guide you in wisdom in this decision. Yeah. You know, or John 14, 26, when Jesus teaches about the Holy Spirit, he says it's better for me to leave so that he can come and the Holy Spirit will guide you mm-hmm. in all things. He will teach you all truth and he will be present inside you as a guiding presence, you know? Yeah. So, of course, we have to avoid, you know, like over, over, you know, um, subjectivizing this doctrine. But the reality is your experience of God must be deeply personal and you must experience like a daily kind of, presence and guidance and a conviction about your overall life i'm living the life that god has called me to live yeah and i think this interesting thing about the holy spirit dwelling in us and like guiding our choices and helping us with all the things it's dangerous to be very mystical and say like i felt the holy spirit calling me to this and that when it's very disconnected from scripture Mm -hmm. and you don't have a big base and like a foundation on scripture so that you're confident that what you're saying and what you're being led to do is very biblical in the context of the local church Mm -hmm. in community in fellowship it's dangerous where it's lofty and like i you know i felt in my dream or i was led to do this and that that's where it's dangerous but we shouldn't be we shouldn't recoil from understanding that the holy spirit is active in our life um if you are 
pursuing the Bible and being in, in, you know, in the context of being in fellowship, seeking wisdom. It's not something we need to be afraid of. I right. Think. And I think that's the distinction if it's not very biblical because right. that's where people, you right. know, and we, we do see them. We do hear that like, I felt called by the spirit and I'm going to do this healing prayer over you. And like, well, right. you were never given that authority. Like, so um, as long as we're pursuing to be very biblical, right? we don't need to be afraid of that. Right. So that's what we want to do here is kind of outline some core uh, bullet points that give us a biblical structure of discovering and, and experiencing God's presence and call in our lives on how we how we live. And, you know, for me personally, this was kind of an eye-opener when I was listening to a lecture by Wayne Grudem, who's a, a theologian, really awesome guy. And he was talking about the role of the Holy Spirit, and he was talking about how, like, he he believes the, the Holy Spirit got, has a guiding presence and, like, speaks to us and guides us. And, again, my, my Baptist, you know, like, conservative antennas went off, like, oh, you know, God. Yeah. God's yeah. word is the only place God speaks. Yeah. And it's like, yes, objectively, re- revelation is only given in the Bible. But, um, you know, he goes on to describe, like, he, they were on a trip once in Europe, and they were visiting some people and having fellowship, and, you know, and and there were some delays in their trip and some difficulties. And he's like, the whole time I was praying and uh, just saying, Lord, you know, this day, you know our plans, and you see these delays guide us. I know mm-hmm. you're in the middle of all this. And he said, you know, the way it turned out, the delays actually, you know, um, serve to function our, you know, our trip goals even better than we planned. And I looked at that and I was like, well, you know, yeah, obviously, like we believe that, you know, mm-hmm. but we don't define it enough. Um, yeah, God is present and, and helps direct these things. But we have to expect like, yeah, of course. But but these these directing uh, guiding uh, actions of God, they're again the link to how you see Scripture and how He right. works. Yeah. So if you're at the store trying to be- decide between Lay's and Cheetos, and you pray the Holy Spirit to guide you, yeah. that's silly. Right. That's silly. You know. But if you're talking about, uh, you know, two different people that you can spend time with, only one of them, uh, on a lunch date, like that's that's a moment to mm-hmm. experience His call. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so let's talk about how we how we de- determine this. So I think like the first the first uh, the first ca- category here is the most neglected, and it's mo- probably the biggest reason why we don't experience God's guiding presence in our life. Right, and that is we have you have to nail down the basics. I think mm-hmm. one of those basics is as you said, you have to be shaped by Scripture. Mm-hmm. If you're not shaped by God's Word, if you're not actually if you don't know what the Bible says about God and how He leads and works. Mm-hmm. You're going to come up with all sorts of imaginative, crazy, wacko ideas about how God leads yeah. and God guides. And none of those are valid. They're just your imagination. Yeah. You know? And that's so dangerous because that happens all the time. People are like, well, I read my Bible sometimes and I'm a Christian. God lives in me. So now I'm going to take all the emotions I have every single day and whatever comes into my mind. And I'm going to say that that's the Holy Spirit leading right. me when that's right. not what's happening. Right. A person, if you want to be a person guided by God and in tune with the Holy Spirit, in tune with his presence, you have to be in tune with the things he has told you. Like right. you have to, you have to fill yourself to the degree that we fill ourselves with God's prescribed sources of truth and heart shaping activity to the degree that you submerge yourself and soak yourself like a sponge in the things he's given you to that degree, you will start to hear the tune. Or yeah. pick up on his on the the right radio waves. Yeah. Right. So you cannot expect to experience God's presence and call in your life 
if you have if your lifestyle has nothing to do with seeking his word like that's the foundation of everything like god has spoken you know and like oh i want to know god's will for my life who should i marry and it's like you know it's a classic yeah no you don't you want to use god to a better outcome for you right you're using god as a tool to get what you want right that is idolatry that is that that's 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 sin god is not a tool for you to be a better god of your own little world you know yeah and that happens a lot and i think that reading your bible every day and that's something that's like that's just the baseline like you should be reading and filling yourself daily with scripture that should be just like your that's habitual life that's normal and then you know i think another thing that's super important i i've seen people who their entire life has have read the bible every day they have it like basically memorized but they don't they don't seek to have the theology taught to them, like the deeper underlining um, teachings of Old Testament and New Testament, how it connects prophecies, the character of God. Those things are so big and seeking to have a deeper understanding of biblical concepts so that you're reading the Bible through the correct lens, through the original languages and the inter- interpretations because what often happens is people over-spiritualize themselves and they feel like, well, God's going to speak to me out of the pages magically and they read the verses out of context in their own emotional state interpret them and think that's the calling of god because today i read the verse that says go and do this yeah so i think that's so important to invite biblical authoritative uh teachings and so you have a deeper understanding of biblical concepts as you're feeling yourself daily so that because from that foundation then you're going to look at your life and when a hardship comes or some difficulty and or whatever calling you will know that it's like for example it's not it's kind of a rabbit trail but i think this is important like if something happens you're based on the correct theology you're, you're gonna know that this difficulty is not god punishing you mm-hmm. for the sin you committed in your childhood so now you're having this difficulty that you must do like these concepts that are not Biblical, taught in the bible logical concepts if you don't have this you're gonna see your life calling in such a skewed way like you're just not gonna have the right understanding and you're not gonna have clarity without biblical concepts biblical theology like yeah. a deep understanding of that because you're not gonna be able to interpret what's right. happening right your knowledge and your your knowledge of the bible god's revealed objective revealed truth facts from god's mind revealed to you um if you don't have a biblical lens through which you filter everything you're going to misinterpret all of your experiences experiences don't come with their own interpretation yeah the same people can have different uh, the same experience and have completely different interpretations of what those things mean right and so we cannot interpret life without the grid of the word of god shaping us and guiding us you know yeah so like you know the psalmist says your word is a light unto my path like it it is the light that sheds uh our path the the way forward it Mm -hmm. sheds light on in 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 an otherwise darkened view of life this is essential because we people will say god doesn't just speak through the bible and i would agree with that only with a specific clarification yeah the Holy Spirit actively speaks to and guides us, but the speaking and guiding that he does is not on the same level as revealed word. Right. His revealed truth is 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 revelation. It's theologically, we used to call it special revelation. It's objectively revealed truth from God. And that functions 
as a lens that shapes your whole heart and your desires. So the person who can hear and understand the Holy Spirit's work in our daily lives, because we should believe in that. As Baptists, we downplay the role of the Holy Spirit in our daily lives. That's wrong. Mm-hmm. But the only way we can have a healthy experience of the Holy Spirit is as is is when we, in our expression of humility and submission, are bathing our hearts in right. His Word. Right. And that's if you're that kind of person, then you're the kind of person that hears Him speak in all yeah. different ways. Yeah. Because you see that you hear the same tune. Right. You know. So people who say, you know, the Bible's the Bible. It's just a book. You know, I'm all about like actually experiencing God and yeah. hearing the Holy Spirit talk. Well, that's a false dichotomy because God tests everything by His Word. Right. And it's it's saying a lie about God. I mean, you're saying everything He said in the Bible. That's whatever. It, it's even either, though that's all it's either of Him. Dull or it's unclear. People make the argument the Bible's not clear enough. You know, we can make a whole podcast episode about that. Yeah. But that's not true. It's a lie about God, like you said. Right. So this is, you know, we're spending a lot of time on the foundation here. But um, when we're talking about discovering God's calling, the first thing that we need to ask ourselves is, what kind of person am I? There's no formula here. You you, you don't just say, oh, okay, so uh, I got to read a bunch of Bible and then I'll know what to do. Yeah. No. You have to become the type of person that desires to know God's word. Yeah. And if you're that type of person, then you're the type of person who actually wants to hear what God has to say. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So many of us, when we're just trying to discover God's call, it might be a season of testing and uh, questioning in your heart where you discover that you're you're not actually living a life where you're pursuing God's intentions for your life. You're pursuing your own kingdom. Right. And you need to turn around. So and you have a lot of big desires and you have a lot of, like, I really, really want, for example, to get married or I really, really want to get into this school. And I'm just, I'm reading my Bible, I'm in fellowship, but I just really, this is where I want to go, this is what I want to do. And we're seeking God's will, or Uh His calling. But that's still, you're not open to what He has. You're not like, Lord, you are the King, I want to do what you have intended. It's more like, I really want to go in this direction, so what can I do, how can I get, you know, it's a very... You're not actually seeking your right. You already you already know the answer. You just yeah. want his approval, right? Exactly. And you want him to get you there. So um, this is massive. Like, there's no moving forward beyond the, the the fundamental criteria of just being a person who seeks God and God specifically, first of all, revealed in His Word. And so connected to that is prayer. I think a lifestyle yeah. where I'm walking with God, it means I'm coming to the fountain to drink every day. That's that's scripture and that's prayer and that's meditating on the word of God. Yeah. Like these things, there's no, there, everything else is pointless if this is not a reality in my life. So Bible reading and prayer, um, weekly worship with the church, presence in the community uh, of the saints, fellowship uh, connected to that battling sin. So like I would say that this is the basics. Like, if you're not, and again, it's not like, hey, if you if you perform well in these areas, then God will reveal to you his yeah. secrets. No, yeah. that's not the point. The point here is that these are the fundamentals of the Christian life. People who hear God and know God and, and experience God's guiding presence are people who are walking with the Lord yeah. and who desire his kingdom. And yeah. these are people who do these things. It's a, it's a foundational, basic thing. It's not that you're earning special privileges from God by doing these things. It's just the, the kind of people that want to know God's will are the kinds of people that 
that want God in they're their life. They're aligning their, their living lives their life with his already. will. Yeah. Like with his revealed will. Like that's pretty it, simple. It's a reflection of the heart. So I think a lot of us, the challenge will be here. What kind of person are you? Does your general life, is it defined by a habit of submerging yourself into God's way? and God's truth and God's plan for for life, God's purposes, you know. I think that's personally like that is most of the battle, I think. Yeah. It is why we don't it's why it's why we kind of experience shallow Christianity or it's why we experience shallow spirituality, a distant sense of God. It's not that God is distant. It's that we are filling ourselves with things that shape our hearts in all different directions, but not for the kingdom of God. Right. And then we expect to have it feel so close. Right. You know? So <clears throat> Jesus' invitation is that we come, come to him, drink from him, drink from the living waters. Anyways, so like understanding God's calling for your life is mostly a battle of what is it that fills your soul? If you are a, if you are a piece of meat being marinated, what is it marinated? You know, like... <laughs> Your heart yeah. is marinated in some flavor. What is the flavor? Is it the flavor of God's word, God's presence, God's truth, God's direction in life, God's values? Um, or is it something else? Is it Netflix? Is it your American dream? You know, Is it your desire to be loved by everybody on social media? Is it your desire to have more friends? Like all these different things that pull at our hearts and shape our vision of the good life. What yeah. is... What is shaping your vision of the good life? What is the primary voice of that? That will tune your heart like a radio to whatever songs are associated with that vision of the good life. And so the more we are walking in the word of God, in prayer, in Christian community, um, the more our heart is tuned. Yeah, and I think you'll never hear... You'll never see or feel the clear calling of God for your life if you don't really believe that there's blessing and joy there. Um, if you're unwilling to give up your comforts, like you want the will of God and you want to know it, but you're you're so stuck on your comforts and that you don't want to lay down your life. You don't want to do the uncomfortable thing. You don't want to minister in the way that is stretching you. Um, but you want to know God's will. It's like, well, it's not going to happen if you're so unwilling to give up your comforts right god's will fundamentally is for you to be caught up in his drama yeah that's his, his will he wants you to be captivated by his story that yeah. he's working in the world yeah. so that's the foundation of everything yeah that's the biggest battle is is your heart mostly captivated by the story of god which is revealed in the word of god in, in scripture the story of his redeeming grace working in the world building a future coming kingdom you know um if that's if that's the thing that captivates your imagination you will start to hear him in a different way and so connected to this is not just nailing down the basics it's how we approach life do i approach life um trying to as much as possible uh scrape my heart of it clean of its uh my own personal priority and my own lordship and my own ability to determine my goals. Yeah. And am I willing 
do I truly believe, like deep down, do I truly believe that God's vision for my life is the best thing? Right. And so my biggest goal in life is to understand his vision of my life, his purposes, his intentions. And if, you know, I think as a kid, this was like the scary question. Right, like, yeah. What if he calls me to go be a missionary in Africa? Oh my gosh, you know? Yeah. Like, um, so like that fear is... Uh, first of all, most of us will not be called to be missionaries in Africa. You know, like there's a lot of missionary work right where we're at. Yeah. But, but deep down, that fear has this assumption, I still have a better vision of the good life than right. God. Right. And I don't want to give it up. Yeah. So like that's where the real, that's where the fullness of the battle lies. And the more we're saturated in his word, the more you start to learn, wow, God's vision of the good life really is so much bigger and more amazing than my puny little foolish plans yeah you know so you have to really that takes faith you have to right. believe that what he has prepared for you is better than the little trinkets of a life that you think you want i think that's where a lot of fear comes in like i want god's will for my life but deep down we think he wants something really hard for us and really yeah, we, painful deep down we think he's gonna do something and that shows hard how what kind of harsh character not, yeah. we think of that god has like we don't think he's the loving father who truly wants to give us right his very best it's you know we have this foolish understanding of yes what god wants for me and then what i want for me and clinging to what we still want like how can i fit in my own desires along with god's plan is and it's it's lack of faith in his glorious will, like his glorious plans for what he wants to what he wants to walk us through. Yeah, yeah, we we see him. You know, a lot of Christians, I think, they low key see God as a cosmic killjoy when yeah. it comes to big picture stuff. Yeah, like here's a question: Am I am I willing to scrap my entire plans for life yeah. right now? Yeah. If I had a clear statement, revelation from God that he wants something else for me. Yeah. Like, am I willing to scrap everything and be like, okay, Lord, packing my bags, mm -hmm. whatever. Because you are my story. Right. You know, that that's, kind of that's attitude, the big test. That kind of attitude is is anchored in a, like us... A, um, perspective of god that's a loving father that i trust right. him i'm more he, safe with him than anywhere else i'm safer else. with him he only will give me the very best so i will go where he calls rather than what i have done for my own self is better and safer and gonna be more fulfilling and that's a lie that the devil wants us to believe and i think it's constantly a battle right where give up what you think is better because he, the father is safer he is the best thing for you he knows you better than you know yourself he created you and he loves you yeah our biggest most internal struggles i think are us coming to terms with this reality like yeah uh yes i believe god is good but what about this but what if i never get married but what if i never get my dream job but what if having come this far in my career i fail this test right like right. all these yeah. buts yeah and like at the end of the day, if do I really say, yeah, it's all good. Like I'm secure in Jesus. Like I'm going to heaven and he is my father. This earthly stuff, like it's important. But like he will never abandon it's nothing, me. And he will never abandon me. So the reality is most of us are not called to some radical upheaval of our lives. Yeah. That's not even the issue. But we have to have this, what Joe Rigney calls the comparative test. 
you have to have the comparative test you know jesus or stuff yeah jesus or my plans yeah which one's which which one is more precious yeah the reality is jesus 99 percent of the time jesus already has you where he wants you and he wants to work through that he doesn't want you to just give everything up toss it aside and come yeah you know the point the point though is that this comparative test it it's kind of like cold water on your face it's like wait where am i am i loving my stuff more than the king Am I trying to mend my plans and his plans together? Do I yeah. still truly not embrace this fact that he is a good, wise savior? He knows so much. I am safest in his plan for me, not yeah. in my plan for me. I'm right. safer there. I'm right. more secure. I'm more fulfilled. At peace. At, yeah, uh, fulfilled. At peace. <laughs> at peace. Yeah. At <laughs> peace. <laughs> So, like, do we really believe that? Like, yeah. seriously, you know, I think that's deep questioning that we oftentimes, you know, don't go to. Like, it if you want to know, it's scary to do it, scary, but like, yeah. walk to the end of your fears and and do the comparative test. Do it, and you'll see how many idols you have hiding deep down in your heart because you truly don't want Jesus more than you want the things. And we say right. the things because it sounds so shallow. You're like, well, of course, I want Jesus more, but like, do you want Christ more than you want marriage? Do you want Christ more than you want financial stability? Do you want Christ more than you want a family and children? Like those are things that are the deepest desires of the like of humanity. It's a human experience to want these things. Right, right. And are you willing to say, if I don't get those things, he is enough. He is the most fulfilling, glorious king. Right. Psalm 16, 11, you know, those words, rich words. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. Yeah. Like, l- put that up, you know, in your room and just sit on that for a, a week. Like, do I believe that? Or am I running after little joys here and there, thinking that those things are the end game, that they will really make me happy? And you might think and, you and, believe it, but your actions and the way you live your life, the way you consume things and the way you pursue things will show you more clearly whether you believe it or not yeah and that's here's the thing most of the time we pursue these things we're not fully conscious of it we don't really know what we want we think we do you know we don't stop and ask ourselves like you know i've been so busy these last couple of years what am i truly pursuing in life like yeah. oftentimes we don't ask those questions and then when we do ask them and we look and we're like Oh, I'm pursuing this thing. Well, that thing isn't really that great. Why am I pursuing it? Yeah. You know, so lots of times you get wrapped into certain things, passions that drive your life that aren't that great. They've captivated you onto a path that you haven't thought deeply about. But once you do, you're like, oh, no, that's not my real joy. Yeah. You know, so um, in this discussion, I think one thing that emerges for me is that discovering god's calling in your life is not as much about uh it's not as much about um unearthing a secret roadmap where with all the checkpoints it's more about uh finding the compass so it's a sense it's a gut thing that becomes when we are walking with the lord It, it it's it's a direction it's not that he unveils for you the secret plans uh every step of the way no he's you're he learning to he read gives the you a guiding better. presence, yeah. and he he. You're, sometimes you're like, you know, I'm not sure where exactly this is going, but I know God has me here. I know the general yeah. direction, or or whatever. Yeah. So so it's more of a compass. It's more of a direction. It's more of a sense in the gut 
uh, as we become people who are walking with him. So moving on to more concrete things. Having, having said all that, I think the next thing um, is considering your context. Yeah. So when I'm trying to figure out what does God want with me? Uh, should I go to that school, this school? Should I pick this career, marry this girl, whatever? Um, we have to understand that right where you are is already sovereignly ordained by God. So mm-hmm. um, looking around and seeing where God has placed me, what specifically, what are the clear black and white responsibilities that God has given me? Mm-hmm. So when you look at that, you're already limiting yourself down to, uh, you know, like we have all the possibilities in our brain. But when we look at our reality, it's like, well, this is all sovereignly ordained. I'm already where God is in charge of all things and he's yeah. guiding my life and here I am. Yeah. So I have a, a wife and kids, you know, yeah. what, what are my, what are God's calling for me? Well, yeah. first of all, love your wife and kids well, yeah. provide for them, uh, lead them in the truth, be a godly man, like mm-hmm. no brainer, yeah. black and white. God is calling me to do that. I did not need to have some Holy Spirit revelation to do that. Right. You know, what's God calling God's calling in my life when it comes to my church? Well, I I'm in a church, there's people, there's that I have certain relationships already. Yeah. I'm called to love those people well. Yeah. If I'm not loving people right where I am well, if I'm not seeking to minister to them, serve them, build them up in the truth, um, there's no reason I should think that I'll be more fruitful somewhere else. Right. In some special missionary calling right. or whatever, you know? Like if your basics, the, the basics are not even like fully there, like you're not attending church regularly or you're being selfish with your time or you know if you have a family maybe you're not even married but you have a mom and dad and siblings that you you know you're called to love them to the best of your ability and if you're just not doing those things you can't expect to be blessed and fruitful in a selfish like a selfish life mm-hmm. yeah so like a lot of times there are very clear unavoidable quote-unquote callings but they're like staring you in the face like these are the thing these are responsibilities yeah. responsibilities that have landed in my lap they may not be the most glamorous thing but they're there and that's and where i start faithful in right. those things the other thing that i would say is like i would look at my story um you know god god works in our whole life to prepare us for what he wants to use us for he puts experiences things uh that we have to go through challenges trials um, or also positive experiences, learning experiences. Uh, sometimes you're going through stuff and you're like, why the heck am I here? And then later on you look and you're like, wow, God used that to prepare yeah. me for something else. Yeah. So considering and just asking like, where has God taken me? Like what's, what's my story look like if I look back in the past 10, 15 years? Like what has God been doing in my life? What has he been teaching me? Yeah. That's, that's really instructive because it's, it helps you more clearly see what he's already done. Yeah. And it helps you start to see what he's doing. Right. You know what I'm saying? The other thing I would is look at your gifts. Mm-hmm. Look at where where has God made you fruitful? Yeah. So you look at where have you been fruitful in the past as a Christian? Yeah. Where have you seen God's work through you to impact people? Um, where do you feel most effective? Where do you yeah. have a deep passion? You know. So here's, I think, I see with young people, there's this confusion and it might be hard to face and it might be hard to like it's a pill to swallow that you you know it's like you might have something that you think is something you want to pursue it's like a passion but you've never 
had any success in it and you've never really no one has ever said like hey you right. seem like you're good like i've seen this time and time again where young people will pursue these completely out of the ordinary things and it's like where did that come from and then they just really fail at them and they're discouraged it's like well think about your strengths and it's not to say like just stick to what you know and don't pursue any dreams and like don't stretch yourself that's not what i'm saying but be you know like realistically what has god given you what are the strengths in your character the strengths in your giftings and you know think about that and pursue that don't be like i have this dream to be this professional musician somewhere out in the in the world when you've never even like really educated yourself with music and you have no idea you you don't have an education with music and you're pursuing this career of an artist like that's not that's lacking wisdom and people around you who love you should tell you that or like i just seen this so be wise and i think that leads into the next point of like seeking counsel Mm -hmm. from people around you who love you to say i don't really see you doing well here Mm-hmm. And in a loving way, being being able to take that advice and like, I don't see you. I've never seen you. I've never seen you produce something very good in this. I've never seen you do well here. I don't know if this is something that you need to spend your time pursuing because, you know, it's not. Yeah. Oftentimes we have this glamorized view of things that God is calling us to do, um, and the only way you get to the top of the mountain is by all the thousand steps it takes through all the trails that lead up to the top the climb is not very glamorous the mountaintop is but we often have these visions of like oh i think god has called me to do this and that and it's totally detached it's totally detached from the reality that we've been submerged in yeah and sometimes that's unrealistic and, and and foolish but sometimes it's true sometimes maybe you do have a calling for example for myself maybe i'm kind of venturing beyond i don't know uh, like I have this like deep like uh, understanding of like the importance of writing and a deep desire to use some of my energy to write things that help mm-hmm. people. But at the same time, um, what I'm learning, like I'm what I'm learning over the past couple of years is, okay, so if you think God is calling you to write, you have to realize that that's a journey. You're not just going to write some little thing and boom, everyone's going to read it. No, right. you, you got to take the hard, long path of mm-hmm. learning and developing, developing your ability, developing the craft, mm-hmm. inviting feedback. Um, it's a long journey and be patient with that. Like, yeah. like just embrace that simple reality. Don't be unrealistic about um, I'm just going to get there. Your dreams. You know, like it might well be that God is calling you to something, but also realize that the whole journey there humbles and crushes your pride along the way. Yeah. You know, and like you need him every step of the way. Right. And I think that in this day and age with this instant gratification of I'm going to become a YouTube star and get famous and live my life in riches, maybe that has a lot to do with it. But if if you are pursuing something you've not even asked a single person if it's a good idea right. to or pursue. Or you've never done anything simple in that area. Yeah. And and you're just struggling and thinking like, why is this so hard? I thought this was God's will. Like you just, you didn't seek wisdom and you didn't ask the people who you trust and love. Not people who are just going to hype you up every time. Like we right. can always find a friend who's going to say, yeah, I think you're going to be great at that. Yeah. No, like the people who are going to be honest, if you've not a single time ask someone like do you think this is a good idea and you just started pursuing something like a career that everyone right. else is like oh gosh you're not gonna be good at that like what is she doing yeah um you know that's 
pretty clear. Like, don't expect a lot of calling and God's will and to come out of that because yeah. you skipped a few steps, you know? Yeah, you have to invite wise counseling and you have to see fruit in the area. And I think the two are interconnected because when you talk to godly people, they will ask, well, has God been working through this area? Have you been growing in this area at all? Or it's like, no, I've never done anything related to this, but I think this is what I'm called I'm to do. I'm just give it a shot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not generally how life works. I think the other thing about wise counsel, here's the other thing. Remember what we said about like the whole uh, compass thing. Like it, it's not even about, this is what I'm learning. It's not even about the fact that people that I ask for counsel in my life are like super, super smart. Mm-hmm. It's not It's not about how smart they are. Uh, when we're talking about God's guiding presence, it's God's guiding presence. It's yeah. the Holy Spirit who gives wisdom. And so when you're talking to saints who walk with that God, who have years under their belt of mm-hmm. walking with the King, sensing, experiencing His truth, understanding His word, discerning His will for their lives, seeing other people do the same. Mm-hmm. You have years and years of that experience. You have people who know the tune well. Yeah. You have people who can help you distinguish whether you're running after your own desires or if this is God talking to you. Yeah. So you have to learn, you have to cultivate this deep value for godly people in your life. Yeah. Because they are your biggest asset. Yeah. They are your spirit-led fellow travelers who have who know the road well. Yeah. yeah. And and they're guides. You know, they're not going to be able to tell you exactly what God wants you to do because God works with all of us differently. But like a lot of us, especially as young people, we we really don't place a huge value on counsel yeah. because we think that counsel means somebody telling me what to do. Right. That's not what that's not what we're talking about. Like when we're all on this road following Jesus, um, wise saints, mature Christians, it doesn't mean that they're old. Like, you know, some people are very old and very immature yeah some people are um you know very old and very mature younger more mature younger less mature it's it it's less to do with how old they are and more to do with their way of life what kind of person they are what are they marinating in over the years yeah but those people are your greatest asset because they're not gonna just barge in and say you need to do this you need to do this you need to do this that's not generally how people who are led by the spirit talk right unless they're convicting you of clear sin right they're gonna be helpful guides yeah they're gonna be like you know um i've been here before been at a certain spot and this is kind of how god worked in my life and this is what you got to watch out for here watch out for these warning signs yeah. watch out for these uh, potholes on the road you know yeah. that's your asset yeah you know you you, you are equipped with that wisdom. And sometimes in my life, for example, I've consulted godly people who I deeply respect. Yeah. And in that consulting, I totally disagreed with what they said. Yeah. But I agreed with the spirit in which they said it. Right. And so like I could see where they're coming from. I could see why they gave me that counsel, but I could also see that they didn't see my situation as clearly as I did, and mm-hmm. I was super thankful because it made me even more confident. Right. of what I wanted to do. And they didn't get upset that I didn't do exactly what they said because they're like, well, at the end of the day, you know, you know, you know better. Right. But but even though I didn't fully agree, 
those conversations helped clarify to me right what god was doing in my life at that moment yeah you know yeah so it's kind of it's kind of cool how that works yeah i think not always when you see counsel will you be 100 percent like other people don't fully see your heart and your life and everything but you still have to invite that counsel because a lot of the time they will their words can prevent a lot of mistakes. Yeah. You know, and the world is so like, don't let anyone stop you from your dreams. The haters, right. ignore the haters. They're going to tell you you can't do it. And it's going to push you to do it even harder. Like, that's foolishness. And like, we can, you know, adopt some of that mentality. Yeah. And that's horrible. Like, whether or not you agree with someone with their counsel, it's still godly and right and wise to invite godly counsel into your life. You yeah, know? I would say. I'm extremely hesitant to go against the advice of godly men in my life, especially. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially when a few of them say the same thing. Right. It's almost never. It's almost, almost never happens. Never. Yeah. Unless there's some very specific caveat in the situation, which I didn't disclose to them because maybe some private reasons that had I explained it to them, they'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, well, I agree. Yeah. Like, I... You should, if you're talking to godly people, you should be able to see a scenario where even though you disagree with them, you can explain a little more and they could be like, oh yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. But if, if godly people in your life, people who are mature, spiritual, mature people um, are saying, hey, you better watch out. Don't, don't do that. Be yeah. very careful. And yeah. you're just like, nah, it's okay. You don't get it. Yeah. 99.999% of the time you're just walking into a trap. Um, right. Right. And, and there's obviously nuance there, you know, like if you're pursuing some sort of financial investment or business idea or whatever. Yeah, something specific. And, that... you know, maybe you're you're asking counsel from a generation of, you know, grandparents or parents who are very anti-risk, anti-investment, just save money under your pillow. Like, you know, th- those kind of situations happen all the time. And like that generation of immigrants will be like, do not ever... Yeah. Do not do that with your money. You know, there's nuance there. Like, okay, they care about you. They love you. They want to protect you from failure. But that's different than wise people telling you don't make a make a mistake that they maybe have in the past. And you're just like, whatever, you're not like me. I know me. better. I know better. It's a yeah. pride issue. And most of the time, um, you know, wise people, if you go against what they say, and if it's like careful and measured, they're not going to get all offended and hurt like you should if you're disagreeing with somebody and you respect them and they're like i can't believe you didn't listen to what i said i can't believe you did something that's Mm -hmm. a sign that like maybe they weren't the best person to ask you know like um so wise counsel speaking into our life from a variety of areas is really helpful lots of times just that process of talking uh to people that we respect helps God may use those conversations to poke and prod you in the right direction. Yeah. Um, finally, I would say um, fasting and prayer. Like we need to spend time in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. If if I'm trying to make big life decisions and I'm not spending any extended time in prayer and, and I'm not fasting or anything, um, it's like, well, how do you, you know, how do you expect to answers you know, yeah it's it's like a foundational reality like in intense times of our lives that require big decision making big you know back and forth challenges of like decisions that will impact a lot of things these are times when you have to draw especially close to god is cling yeah. especially close to him like that's the gift of his presence he is inviting yeah Come, yeah you know uh speak open your heart um 
you know, Paul says in all, in all things without, you know, don't be anxious, but, you know, open your heart's desires, mm-hmm. your thoughts, yeah. uh, completely to God with mm-hmm. thanksgiving yeah. and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will fill and control and guard your heart. Yeah. So spending time in prayer, learning to pray. Like if I, if I don't, if I don't pray, um, and I expect God to speak deeply into my life it's like yeah it's basically not gonna happen it's not gonna it's, happen it's it's being desperate for god's guidance it's inviting him into your life into every choice into every thought it's just essential i mean if you have a relationship with god and you're not you know in the posture of need before him um you can't expect you know fruitful a fruitful life right if your prayer says i'm desperate yeah. if i'm not desperate for god's answers then then I'm not worthy of them, right? Um, because he is the king. He is yeah. not. He is not a genie. Yeah. So it's a misunderstanding of who God is. Yeah. If I'm not praying, it's just that you you've got an incorrect theology of who God is. If you understand who God is, you're gonna you're gonna want to run to him. Yeah. So um, another thing before we close out is like I would I would want to ask this question. People probably would ask like, okay, so if I'm kind of following these pathways, how do I how do the answers come? In what forms do the answers come? And I, you know, there's a couple of basic things we could say. Lots of times, a door will close clearly. Like, yeah. oh, that opportunity just went away. Yeah. Okay, that's that's pretty simple, clear answer. You know, yeah. no, don't need to mull over that too much. Mm-hmm. Um, new opportunities will come up. Like, wow, God is, you know, like I was looking at our church this past year, and the, there's a couple of new ministries that have been developing that I yeah. didn't even see before. Right. I'm like, wow, that is so cool. Like, God's. Like I can see God's working and God's calling people to do stuff because yeah. these new opportunities came, these new ideas for ministry came, um, kind of by themselves. Yeah, and that's like you gotta you gotta mark that. You be like, whoa, that's cool. That's new. Yeah. Um, we, we I think the other thing is that when we spend a sustained time seeking God, you get a new impression or a conviction about something that is the right way or right. the right yeah. thing. Yeah. A certain sense of peace and understanding yeah. and calm. About mm-hmm. like, yep, I think this is the right thing. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that what's important to speak about that conviction is that you that doesn't mean that you don't have any doubt. Right. Um, so there's two kinds of doubt here. I think this is really important. Uh, in the midst of like, when we've made a decision, and and um, when I'm when I'm in my healthiest time of uh, in prayer, I'm I'm at peace with God, you know, filled with His Word. I have clarity about a certain decision, right? And I'm like, yeah, I think this is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And then when I start doing it, I start climbing the mountain. Mm-hmm. I, I get waves of anxiety or doubt mm-hmm. or questioning, was this the right thing to do mm-hmm. in the midst of how hard it is? Wow, this is so much harder than I thought. Yeah. Should, should I really be doing this? Yeah. You have to go by your heart orientation in your best moments, not in yeah. your worst moments. Yeah. So. Almost every time you are following God into something challenging, you will experience doubt. challenges, doubt, yeah. difficulties, anxiety about it, right? That's normal because the devil wants to thwart you off the path of obedience. And that's in everyday life. It's been interesting to see like, you know, both times, like you know, we bought this house. I remember I was like praying about it. We were deciding like, okay, I think this is kind of landing in our lap. We're just going to go with it clear answer i had peace but mm-hmm. then in the middle of the remodeling process yeah. costs numbers you know like so much workload trying yeah. to keep up yeah you you're just like 
you're just like attacked by doubt. Right. Doubt, doubt, doubt. Did I make a mistake? Did I make the right choice? Yeah. You know, so like you have, we have to fight those doubts with whatever it is, the conviction that we that build in our you. healthiest yeah. moment. Yeah. yeah. If you, in your, in, in your truest healthy time of, of being with God, seeking his will, if you know that that's the conviction, though you have freedom to fight these doubts yeah and say nope i have a clear conviction that god has me here god put me here yeah god put me into this ministry sure it's not as fruitful or easy as i thought it would be but god put me here i'm here i'm going to keep yeah. working i'm not going to listen to these doubts yeah you know so uh but the other kind of doubt comes when you're in your best moment when you are you know, so so say you're like all hyped up and you're all like excited and then you have these ideas. But then when you are um, spending time in prayer in mm -hmm. the word, when you're spending time in fellowship with godly people, you will sometimes get these lingering doubts about this yeah. idea. Yeah. Like maybe that isn't the right thing. Mm -hmm. um, that's really important to listen to. Right. Whatever God is speaking to you in your most spiritually healthy time that's very important to listen to that i yeah, think yeah. it's important if you're if you're having doubts about a ministry transition or having doubts about marrying this person or or dating this person that yeah. you're dating yeah in not in your hype moments but in your most rooted yeah moments yeah in those moments if doubts creep in this is something to listen to this is yeah. something to pause don't push that away because yeah. those are the times when you're most clear mm -hmm. and receptive to god's word you know, yeah. Yeah. people who ignore those moments then reap the fruits later, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that with decision making and like, what is God's calling for my life? A lot of times you are, you know, like you're saying, spiritually healthy, you're in the word, you're prayerful every day, you're humble, you're seeking God, um, you're confessing sin, you're inviting, you know, the voices of saints into your life, seeking wisdom. And the moment comes to make a choice and often i think often as a christian you're not going to feel 100 percent. you're not going to feel right. like total peace but it's just like lord i'm going to take this step if if it's your will that something doesn't work out like show me but i'm going to faithfully just take this step right because i don't have any other reason like and that's normal like some right. people wait for this complete assur like assurance yeah. or like 100 percent peace that if i date this guy like i can't until i have absolute peace it's like no faith is a lot of walking in the dark it's just not not i'm not 100 lord i'm gonna walk here and if you don't want me here like close the door show me the way like i think a lot of times like with things in our life where i just had so much fear and doubt and like praying about things and i had so much worry because when things are new i get yeah. really like frazzled about it i'm like i don't know this is so new yeah but we just take that leap and then we trust that God will take us out of it if he needs yeah. or he will bless it if he needs. So, and a lot of times, like I've had friends who've had seasons of life, years where they're prayerfully seeking his will and there is no clear answers and they have to be get comfortable. They have to buckle up in mm -hmm. that lack of security, lack of a clear path. And that's just something that they want more than anything. They want answers and they want to know exactly what to do, but they don't know. And it's something that they just have to put on the altar and say, okay, Lord, you're not giving me very clear answers and I'm going to just rest in you in you, and not right. in my circumstances. And that's also like a worshipful response. It's a, it's a faithful response, I think. Um, I think it's pretty rare where you don't have like clear 
where is my life gonna go but sometimes that is the case where you're just like in this limbo and it's not wrong it's not that you're doing something wrong but god just has you in a what's it called like a holding pattern like i want you to sit here and i want you to be very uncomfortable and i want you to learn to trust in nothing but me and i think that's good too well in that in that season the clear calling of god for you for that season is to learn to trust him yeah in the desert yeah he'll take you to the desert so that you learn to wander there and trust him yeah you know, like that's the that's god's calling on your life right now yeah you know like yeah that's that's just considering your circumstances and your context and realizing you know like whatever wherever i am i'm called to walk with him and um wherever i am see faith is always action faith is always acting not 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 acting faith right. faith always takes a step and and most of the time that god is calling you to something most of the time when we've even experienced the most confident sense of call in certain ministries decisions whatever it is they're going to be very difficult god yeah. calls us to difficult things yeah. not easy things right and those difficult things will be plagued by doubt yeah so whether that's going through the desert season of like not sure where i'm supposed to do well what sh- what god wants you to do is learn to trust him he wants you to be productive, so you better you, you got to be doing something, mm-hmm. serving in whatever limited abilities he's given you, mm-hmm. working hard in the career that he's given you. Mm-hmm. Make make decisions and make moves and go. Sometimes, right. sometimes he just he'll light the the next step. He won't light the whole path. Right, and that's actually the point. Yeah, you're learning to trust him and be fruitful right where you're at. You're in the right. desert. Okay, well, plant, uh, plant, uh, you know. A tomato here like plant yeah. a little garden here like yeah. wherever you are keep doing keep right. acting out of obedience that is an expression of your trust in god right it's you're faith. still even if you're in the desert you're busy about his kingdom and i feel like sometimes um when we're living our christian life and we're having like self-reflection and analysis and you start to see patterns that you have to notice them but god can be leading you and calling you to a direction if you only turn back and say or see where have I been fruitful like we're saying and notice the opportunities he seems to keep pulling in your like pushing in your life Mm -hmm. people who keep coming to you Mm -hmm. with needs that you seem to be able to fill Mm -hmm. and I think that's important too. just like notice God's work and patterns and be like okay it seems like this is where he wants me to minister this is the direction he wants me to go because it's not always this hit on the head dream and then you start pursuing it and he opens doors it's more like you live your christian life faithfully Mm -hmm. and you start to see your gifts and you start to act on them and god makes it more clear you know and i think that that's really important to do like look at look around you what kind of people are around you how are you ministering to them where are you being fruitful and that can look so different for many people but callings are very different for each each one of us and when you become more confident in your calling you can be so fruitful and you can be such an asset to the kingdom of god i think Mm -hmm. it's it's a really fulfilling thing to to really live out the calling that god has given for you yeah I think that to close out with a Christmassy vibe, there's a story called Papa Panov's Christmas or something like that. I think it's by Leo Tolstoy. Hmm. It's a Russian. It's a short story. Mm-hmm. It's about little old man named Papa Panov. Hmm. And uh, Jesus appeared to him and said, hey, I'm going to come visit you tomorrow in the afternoon. And he's like, okay, great. He was like preparing, you know, 
it's like I, we've heard this story. It's like a Christmas play. I it's think. a Christmas. Well, it's it's a it's originally a, a short story huh, okay. by Leo Tolstoy, I mm-hmm. think. Um, you know, and and he's waiting for Jesus to come visit him all day, and uh, it makes a cake and stuff, and then throughout the whole day as he's waiting. Um, all these different needs come up and all these different people need his help. And he keeps like sacrificing everything that he prepared for Jesus mm-hmm. on all these little other needs, like a widow who needs yeah. him or a little child who needs something. And he does all these things for the other people. And Jesus never shows up and he's all sad about it. But then Jesus tells him later, hey, thank you for... And he's like, wait, when? When did you come? And he's like, I came this, this, this. Yeah. And that's actually like, that's actually, that that's a short story that's, you know, it's Christmassy. It's awesome, but it's also taken out of that exact passage where Jesus says, um, "What you've done to the least of these, you've yeah. done to me." Right. Yeah. And and he said, "This is Jesus' words." Jesus said yeah. at the end of the age, um, his own saints are going to ask him, "But Lord, when did we feed you or clothe right. you?" And yeah. he said, when, "When what you did to the least of these, you did to me." You know, yeah. in the ordinary and mundane life callings that he's put right before us, we are literally serving the lord right you know and we will see that at the end when it all comes yeah. together yeah so. and our prayer should be lord let us be what people need rather than what we want to be right and in that like we're serving god not necessarily ourselves or the people around us but him ultimately right so thank you guys again for listening hope everyone's off to an awesome Christmassy. uh december and uh feel free to reach out let us know what you think uh check us out on instagram uh the well said and there's a facebook page the well said podcast and check out the website well-said.org that's kind of the home base online for the podcast and the blog i post uh, articles and things like that there's a support page if you want to help the podcast out cover some expenses associated with it thank you guys so much for sticking with us and we will talk to you again soon